This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. So welcome to Breaking Banks Europe, the number one global fintech radio network. This is episode 203 in Fintech for Good, and we're focusing today on finance for farmers and a sustainable supply chain. I'm Elizabeth Kleinfeld, and I have Javier Perez and Giletta Topazio with me today. So I'm going to ask you both to introduce yourselves. Why don't we go ladies first? Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure, Elizabeth, to, to be part of this pod, to, to attend to this podcast. So I'm Niletta, I'm an economist at the UN Food and Agriculture Organization. Uh, my background is in economics. I have a PhD in economics and previously uh, yes, I have been working for the European Central Bank for the last three years. And now it's three years that I joined the FAO. Nice. Thank you. Hi, hi, Liz, and hi, Diletta. Thanks for having me. I'm Javier Perez, and I'm the co-founder and COO of Weya, a Colombian fintech working on solutions for smallholder farmers towards a sustainable agriculture. Thanks for having us. Nice. Thank you. So before we dive into the content, um, what do we think of or what do you think of when we talk about fintech for good? And Javier, I'm going to ask you to start for this one. Sure. And when we talk about fintech for good, we think it means using technology to provide financial solutions that have a sustainable impact. And by sustainable impact, we mean empowering people and improving livelihoods. And thus, being able to use these solutions to transition toward more sustainable supply chains. Very nice. Deletta, would you say something similar or do you have another take on it? No, yeah. I mean, just to connect to what Javier just said. So I think that FinTech for Good is uh, may help uh, the current situation of different uh, set of things to, to improve and to move forward. For example, could uh, fill the gap of uh, um, financial inclusion or supply chain traceability, as eventually we will have time to discuss uh, in, the next, uh, in the next minutes. Very cool. Indeed. Um... Because it does link totally to uh, how Wea came up with the idea of helping farmers finance their crops. So um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you started that journey and where you are now. Sure, absolutely. Well, the story started uh, a couple of years ago when Wea started working on, on building a platform that offered companies uh, supply chain traceability. It was a software as a service um, business. And we included also uh, information like carbon footprint measurements. And working extensively and being able to um, collect enormous data on, on agricultural supply chains, it allowed us to identify some of the barriers, especially smallholder farmers faced uh, in developing sustainable production processes. So one of the main issues that we 
found was uh, access to agri-supplies or agri-inputs. It was one of the main challenges that especially small and medium-sized farmers were facing. So that's why we decided to use the information from our traceability technology to create innovative risk, uh, credit risk indicators uh, to provide exactly financing for those smallholder farmers, especially financing to, to what we call the, the first mile of financing or, or access to um, agri-inputs. And that's why when we came up with the Farm Now Pay Later solution, in order to give farmers access to working capital so they can pay it with their crops or with their harvest. No interest, no monthly installments, taking into the consideration of uh, absolutely how the agricultural process take, takes place. And the fact that when especially smallholder farmers uh, plant their, their crops uh, and between harvest uh, season, they don't have alternative sources of income. So, and one of the innovations that we did develop, especially being a service for, for uh, companies or cooperatives, was that the fact that we were able to mitigate loan default risk by working directly with these companies and to make sure that they guarantee uh, crop purchases. And that's when uh, our solution just started to, to work out. So just to be clear, uh -huh. normally these small um, farmers would not be able to get a loan. And this, um, what you're offering them, they don't have to pay interest on and all that kind of stuff because you've linked this supply chain together. It's kind of you've done or going gone back to who's um, was asking you in the beginning, actually, to look at their supply chain and see how sustainable it was. Exactly. So the reality of a smallholder farmer in, in Colombia and Latin America is that uh, he or she doesn't have access to to resources to buy essential agri supplies, meaning seeds, fertilizers, soil conditioners, and and with that. And without those resources, it's impossible to 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 make your assets or your land uh, productive. So we provide those uh, uh, without any we, trying or using alternative sources for risk mitigation, such as a, a purchase a contract. And that's what what we used in order to to provide or to analyze the risk of uh, of loan default. And in between planting season and harvesting season, normally, especially smallholder farmers, do not have any sources of income. Sources of income that would allow us do uh, that would allow them to pay interest rate or monthly installments. So we we don't charge any of those, and we wait until the harvest season in order to to collect the the, the pre finance. And and we use, of course, the 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 companies or uh, that but that buy the the crops in order to to use this solution just one other question um so that everybody who's listening understands mm -hmm. these uh, farmers how much do they make on average a day that's that's a very important question uh, just in colombia we have around 2.7 million farmers uh, 86% of those work on, on informally uh, conditions. 
and 70, 78% do not have any access to, to credit lines or financial services. And this actually, it's very uh, related to the fact that according to the International Fund of on Agricultural Development, 46% of the region's rural population is poor. And this hasn't changed for the last 30 years. This means that more than 50 million people are living with less than $2 a day in Latin America. That's three times the population of the Netherlands. Uh, people that do not have yes. access to means of production. Means of production like seeds, fertilizers, soil conditioners. So that's how we from where you see this opportunity and to innovate in this financing solutions to tackle the, the problem from, from the first mile by yeah. providing access to good quality seeds. Um, and with that, we I think we were able to, to increase farmers' productivity, their economic welfare. And in other words, this would increase their daily income, which is the, the main issue. That's great. Thank you. Diletta, what do you think of this solution? And, and have you seen other solutions like this? Yes, uh, I perfectly agree, agree with Javier. Uh, so given that we are talking about Latin America, I may cite a couple of um, uh, projects I've been working on. For example, financial inclusion, I think it's a big step that uh, can be uh, solved, partially solved through fintech. Uh, I've been working on uh, the Caribbean uh, where with the aim of reducing their dependency on imports because they are very much reliant on uh, food imports, especially from US and Brazil. Uh, I've been working specifically on the chicken meat uh, market, uh, which is the main uh, food they are consuming there. And actually the idea was to boost local production to uh, substitute with local products those imported from uh, um, US and Brazil. And actually the big issue indeed was financial inclusion. So uh, how to help the local population in building their own uh, infrastructure, their own production capacities and so on and so forth. So here I clearly see that FinTech can help. Um, another, another thing that comes to my mind talking about Latin America, for example, is um, the concept of data-driven farming, which is again, another goal that FinTech can help achieving. Uh, uh, in uh, low and middle income countries. Uh, here, for example, I think about uh, um, how instead to best direct investment, supposing that there are some investment and that we can actually do something to improve the situation, but we need in, in, uh, sufficient information to best direct this investment. Uh, and here again, data are fundamental and FinTech can definitely help in building some data-driven farming and. Uh, providing us a clear picture of the status of things so the, to enhance the uh, impact of uh, any uh, euro spent uh, uh, to improve uh, um, the situation. So um, talking about data-driven farming, Javi, do you have any thoughts on whether at some point WEA might be helping farmers to become more data-driven or is that so long down the line because these small farmers are by nature um, less focused on that. For example, what comes to my mind talking about data-driven farming is supply chain traceability as well. So we know that uh, um, a lot of waste, uh, um, food waste, uh, or uh, inefficiency, a lot of inefficiency happen 
uh, across the supply chains. And of course, we need some data to uh, figure out where this is actually happening. So here, for example, I think about the blockchain technology, which could help on the supply chain traceability. This is, again, a concept that is correlated with the data-driven farming, because, again, it's a way to produce information, but just not, just not for sake of producing information per se, but to then use this information to analyze this data and then to provide efficient solutions. So we could have, in this case, a bigger bang with the fintech. So not only to have a first-order effect, so uh, for example, in, in improving the financial inclusion, but also to build some infrastructure, which could then uh, make this a longer-term investment for the future. Makes sense. Javier, what do you think? I think what, what we've seen is that, uh, I think on... On a more traditionally approach, you you would see that if you wanted a, to transform or to have a data-driven uh, agricultural process, you would target uh, farmers directly. But what we're seeing is actually that the the power of uh, of those um, institutions, companies that actually are are the big food producers or the big supply of food agglomerators. If they transform the demand for food production and use those data, they can provide better services for farmers. I mean, uh, when uh, a food company that buys from thousands of smallholder farmers uh, decides that um, it wants to have a, a more sustainable process or that wants to use a climate change certified seeds, and that makes behavior in smallholder farmers change. And actually that information, uh, and that's the way that we use it, uh, uh, can allow us to provide better services to, to, to the supply chain, especially to smallholder pharmacies. Services related to finance, to technical assistance or education, and many other services. So I think that uh, when you see that, those that have the, the power in the market, I mean, food companies start changing their behavior. It's easier for uh, farmers to, to change their behaviors as well. That makes sense. Um, Delecha, I remember you talking about that example um, with the, the chickens. Can you maybe just go back to it a little bit more and, and tell us you know, what the outcome um, has been from that? Uh, the chicken, you mean the Caribbean one? Yes. Yes, sure. So basically here, the idea was that during COVID, uh, the Caribbean community, CARICOM realized that they were very much reliant on uh, imports, on food imports. And this, of course, is a, a big limit uh, that if in case there is an economic shock, could hamper the um, food security of, uh, of the countries. So here, the idea was to reduce by 2025 by 25% the import of chicken meat. Why this? Because chicken is the most consumed product in the Caribbean. And of course, to reduce this import, uh, um, as we know, uh, imposing tariff uh, goes against the WTO uh, um, best practices. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, uh, and the idea, of course, would be that this increase in tariff uh, would make the cost of food uh, excessive for local population. So, the best idea was to boost production, local production. So, to substitute the, the imports with locally produced poultry meat. 
But of course, this is not something that happens the day after, one day after the other, especially if you think about Little Island, like San Lucia or uh, Suriname or um, San Tomas, which are Little Islands. Um, so that's why um, uh, here, uh, the, the financial inclusion or in general, a strong support uh, to uh, local production uh, could could be fundamental because, of course, uh, we we uh, have to think about uh, small order farming, uh, um, not of big companies. Uh, you, we have to think about a big uh, um, competitor like U.S. or Brazil. Uh, yeah. That's why I think that fintech could be a valid support in this big and complex scenario to help us get to that twenty five percent reduction in two years. Exactly, tall yeah. task. How how um how far are they on that journey? You have any idea? Yeah, I mean they are a bit far from this, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, so yeah. they need more help. They need more fintech for good. Yeah, exactly. Um, so now I'm going to go back to our last episode for a moment, and there we were speaking to Beryl from Oiko Credit, and you know there, what are the ways do you think that um Oya and other fintechs doing some similar things could work with the oikos of this world um you know obviously they're uh, in the microfinance space connected to like 300 i think microfinancers worldwide but uh, would love to hear your thoughts on that sure Liz. well we 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 just saw the 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 dimension the the the, the scale of the problem we're talking about 50 million people living in in those conditions so uh, a fintech solution and especially a new fintech solution, of course, has uh, uh, needs in terms of scaling up, right? And so Oikocredit, it's the, the perfect institution that will enable to, to scale up the technology, to uh, assess risk in different uh, ways, and including those non-conventional guarantee tools or information tools that will allow us to to provide faster and more personalized financing solutions for towards small poultry farmers. So the the issue, the problem is very big, and of course you need as many institutions as possible to to solve this problem. Super, thank you for that. And um, when we end our our um, discussion today, I'm going to tell you offline about somebody else who I met that I think that you can help them not on the financing side necessarily, but on the supply side, even of waste. Um, okay. So, you know, because you're working with all these cooperatives and as well as the biggest restaurant chain in Colombia. Um, so, you know, for me from Startup Bootcamp, and I always like to ask teams, um, you know, that are raising what you are raising, why are you raising now? Um, can you tell us a little bit about that raise and uh, what you're going to use the money for. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're doing this semester, actually we're raising a 600,000 US dollars in order to have a 16-month runway and possibly a, trying to onboard 4,500 smallholder farmers in different wow. regions of Colombia. A, and that would allow us to, to generate around one4 million us dollars in in total revenue and measure in agricultural practices around 160,000 tons of co2 equivalent uh, right now so far this semester we've been able to secure 
around 200,000 uh, US dollars from friends and family and uh, some angel investors. And we are in the negotiations with uh, a couple of impact investment VCs. Uh, so we're on our way to target uh, uh, and finish our 600,000 goal by the end of 2023. That's wonderful. So if you're an investor listening to this podcast, there will be um, the information of way that you can get in touch with them directly. Um, how do you think this is going to affect the lives of the farmers and of your in clients at the end of the day? And, and you did speak some to how it's going to improve their livelihood for these farmers. Um, I know that uh, you have at the moment some, um, you're doing some work with a tomato association cooperative. Can you just say a little bit about that? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so our, our first client was a, a tomato association in, in the Andean region of Colombia near Bogota. Uh, it's still a little bit early in terms of having correlations in terms of uh, the, the the effect on income or or productivity. But so far, uh, by solving that barrier uh, of access towards financial services, we've seen an increase in in six percent of of the tomato production productivity. Nice. And and the association, the cooperative that we started working on, ha has already uh, asked for a new. A farm now pay later a loan solution so they're under the second round Super. and we're capturing more data in terms of understanding if the solution actually is actually solving those uh, barriers towards uh, advocate uh, provision of seeds uh, and agri-foods and do you also see an increased willingness to buy tomatoes from these specific farmers um absolutely the, 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 actually the, the the increase in productivity is because they were able to increase their, their production. So the, the company that usually was buying from them um, now has, uh, they have more supply so they can actually sell to other companies. And that's what we're seeing, that that increase in, in productivity is uh, allowing them to have a, a bigger market. So what are the other kind of solutions um, that you think could make the most difference and, and what geographies would those solutions um, be best suited for? I think um, uh, at the moment, um, especially uh, those areas that are exposed to climate change risk, uh, in, in the region, we're going to see uh, a Nino. It means a, a drought season. So those regions that are most vulnerable to, to drought season and that rely especially on short-term crops uh, i think that have the the more the, the more potential for our solution because we were able to supply in a timely way in a timely manner those agri inputs um, at the right moment because uh, if uh, the seeds don't don't get planted in in the in the in a specific way in the specific time of the year that's going to be a whole year that the production is going to be lost. And of course, wow. those household incomes are going to suffer. So I think it's uh, especially those areas very exposed to, 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 the, to the next drought season and that are uh, focused on production of uh, short-term crops uh, have the, the most potential to, to benefit from our solution. 
Thank you. Letta, what do you think? Are there other solutions we haven't talked about that you think um, could be very interesting in other geographies? Um, I mean, um, I definitely agree with uh, what Javier said. Um, other possible solutions, I mean, I would cite something different from a different point of view. So another value add that, that comes to my mind, which is slightly different from what we have been talking about. So I'm currently working on the uh, problem of uh, antimicrobial resistance, which is a problem uh, uh, which is pretty uh, uh, stringent, especially in uh, low and middle income countries that is linked to the fact that producer overuse antibiotics. And this goes to uh, directly to consumers which purchase products and then are eating antibiotics without knowing this. And this causes a resistance. So basically when they become uh, ill, um, in case they, they have any uh, illness, whatever, they go to the hospital and then they don't react to antibiotics given by the... By the wow, that's crazy. Yeah. How big basically, a problem is here, this? Yeah, this is a big, a different problem. So here again, I see fintech as a, a big part of the solution. So I'm not here I'm not directly talking about financing solution, but rather... Again, um, about data or uh, blockchain technology, uh, supply chain traceability. Here also, fintech could be um, fundamental from uh, a different point of view, so um, which is not pretty straightforward. So here, for example, through a supply chain traceability, we could uh, understand where in the supply chain this overuse of antibiotics uh, uh, happens. Uh, we could gather data necessary to overcome this issue. And of course, uh, um, providing eventually also a financial solution uh, to convince producer to switch to a different production uh, model uh, and so on and so forth. So uh, this is another point of view of uh, the same story where the, the there are missing data, missing financial opportunities, uh, and a big gap uh, to be filled by fintech for good. And like um, Javier, I think is doing. If you start with the buyers, and the buyers say, "Yeah, we need you to to do it in a different way," and they're getting financed yeah. to actually be able to do it in a different way to be able to buy you know, better quality seeds or whatever it is, um, so that you don't have to use. Uh, overuse antibiotics or other things like that. Did I miss anything with that hot PA? No, I think you're you're in the in the, the right point list. Uh, I think we from uh, from way I believe that the the biggest barrier towards more sustainable agriculture is finance, and and especially in a region like Latin America where food production it's uh, um, it's actually based on on smallholder farmers. Uh, so if we want to have a, a more sustainable agriculture, one that has uh, a, a minor impact on 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 our planet, uh, we need to to provide the mechanisms to have uh, certified seeds to finance sustainable agricultural practices. And I think that's where fintech uh, comes into place because it can develop faster, innovative ways of giving access. To, to these new ways of, of production. So, um, and agriculture is a very high risk sector, right? We are exposed to sun and water. And, but we need to improve and develop more technologies that ad address these risks and are able to, to transform the way that 
we produce uh, our foods on a, on a value chain uh, way of, of analysis. Absolutely. Well, I think I have one more question. I, I know my time's almost up. Um, where will WEA be in five years? We envision WEA uh, leading financial services in agriculture in Latin America in five ways. I think that uh, our current technology and, and using the, the, the fact that uh, we're working from a demand-driven uh, perspective would allow us to, to develop operations and, and start formalizing the way that smallholders produce uh, foods uh, by smart contracts and building a, a wider, more robust blockchain uh, ecosystem that uh, allow us to correct and provide more personalized finance for uh, each smallholder farmer in the region. Very nice. I see the link between you and the letter, what she was talking about just here, you know, the, the blockchain and the ability to see that traceability. Well, did I miss anything or is it now my time to say thank you so much for joining us? This has been, again, a very enlightening session, FinTech for Good. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. It was wonderful. I met Diletta at um, the Milan FinTech Summit last month and immediately said to Renata, oh, we got to get her on. Um, and Javier, of course, I've known you since uh, Weyo was in the startup camp program. So it's nice when these kinds of things can bring the ecosystem together. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks for, 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 for having us, Dileta. Thanks for sharing. And if anyone wants to talk about fintech and sustainable agriculture, uh, please, uh, we're here at Weya, eager to talk. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Javier. Thank you all. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.